0: How you doing, guys? Thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Today's guest is Christy Sumner. Now, Christy is a paranormal investigator. So, guys, if you're sitting in your house, you feel the temperature drop, footsteps, voices, there's something not right in that house or wherever you work or wherever you are, Christy is the person that you should give a tinkle to because she will find out what's going on. Christy also co-founded the Soul Sisters Investigation Group which goes around the whole U.S. tackling the paranormal and bringing the scientific knowledge to that. They've been in places that I wouldn't even want to step into during the day, but they go in at night, sort of like prisons and mental asylums. And she talks in great detail about her investigations and what she's actually experienced and the findings that she's had. And it's fascinating. So, guys, if you're into all your paranormal stuff, you like all that sort of stuff, you want to know more about how to investigate it, have a listen because Christy's gonna drop some knowledge on you. So guys, without further ado, please welcome Christy Sumner. I
1: don't know why I
0: And we are live. Christy, how you doing?
1: I'm fantastic, Ryan. How are you doing today?
0: I'm all right. I'm all right. As mentioned beforehand, the weather is rubbish in the UK right now. We had a few issues with the sun over the past few days, and it's been beautiful. But now it is dark and gloomy and horrendous.
1: Oh, sorry about that. Well, I'm here in uh, sunny Tennessee.
0: God, you just have to rub it in, don't you? (laughs) Bloody hell. I can't believe it. But I've been really excited for this one, Christy. I've been dying to get you on for uh, since we had a chat the other the other day there sort of thing. This is right up my street. This is gonna be so good. It's um well let, let's go let's let's start with let's give a little bit of kinda of a background in yourself, Christy. So I we'll understand about y- yourself, go for it.
1: Okay, well my name is Christy Sumner and I'm the founder of Soul Sisters Paranormal and what we are is an all-female group in the United States um, and it's made up of myself, my twin sister, my younger sister and two family friends and what we do is we go across the country and we look for evidence of the paranormal. We visit a lot of, uh, of the reported um, haunted locations, uh, larger haunted locations and then we also get called in to do uh, residential and business investigations as well, anybody that might be facing any type of of what they perceive as paranormal activity and uh so yeah we've been doing that since 2014 and just been having a, a blast doing this
0: wow this is great so that, this is it's a bit of unusual kind of um uh, well kind of thing to get into what what made you really kind of get into it is it something you've been interested in like for forever you just said right i'm just gonna get in there so how did you really get into this?
1: We've always had a fascination with the paranormal, you know, we'd watch some of the the larger paranormal shows on television, such as Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures and such, and we'd say to ourselves, you know, why didn't they ask these questions, why didn't they spend more time here investigating this, or why didn't they delve into this a little bit further, so we always told ourselves, you know, if we had a chance to do an investigation, we'd jump on it, Um, and that opportunity presented itself in 2014 when we took a girls trip to Moundsville, West Virginia, and uh, in Moundsville is the West Virginia State Penitentiary. It, uh, it was in operation for decades as a maximum security prison there in Moundsville, and uh, we had a familial connection with the fact that our grandpa used to be a prison guard there. So we had a family member, um, uh, an extended family member, say, why don't y'all come up to West Virginia and uh, stay the weekend, and while you're here, why don't you do a, a tour, a nighttime tour of the Moundsville Penitentiary? So we said, sure, we'd do that. So we went in with a very... Um, uh, Open mind, um, and we also had some rudimentary equipment such as night vision video cameras, a couple of voice recorders, and it was really just about the experience for us. And uh, so when, when we when we went in, we started capturing some what, what we felt was very compelling paranormal activity: door slamming, footsteps running, disembodied voices that we hear, you know, coming through these these corridors, these dark corridors. And so when we left, we really had the, the, a, a deeper understanding of paranormal and, and, and the experience of being in these haunted locations. So we decided to formalize our group. We decided on the name Soul Sisters Paranormal, and uh, we trademarked the name, trademarked our logo, got some uh, really cool theme music, and uh, just started going across the country doing some investigations.
0: It must be so much fun though, as well. You're doing obviously something that you you feel like passionate about and it's something you've always wanted to do. Obviously different compared to everyone else <laughs> thinks it's different. I just what the first one that you went to, you mentioned that you went to this the, the penitentiary. what was that like the first time you kind of really did it? Because this was the first one you really did. Were you mm-hmm. not like kind of proper scared, like bricking it sort of thing, god, what am I doing here?
1: <laughs> well, it was, you know, when you when you see these places on television, you really don't understand the size and the grandeur of some of these locations. And so when we got to Moundsville and we were standing outside the prison, it was like that sensation that you mentioned. It was like, whoa, you know, this is a lot bigger than we anticipated. There's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, So when, like I said, when we went in, we expected some paranormal activity and we hoped for paranormal activity, Mm -hmm. but really what we found was it it exceeded our expectations expectations. Uh, Again, you know, when you're standing in a corridor, a dark uh, corridor in the middle of the night, and there's only five of us there, and you hear footsteps running towards you in the darkness, uh, that's a, it's a pretty compelling feeling. Um, And then when you can capture that on audio or video uh, recordings, that's an even better compelling feeling. So, you know, like I said, when we went to these locations, or we went to the first one there in Moundsville, um, it was it was with the understanding that yes we, we could probably capture some stuff but we really wanted to you know have that really cool girls weekend experience as well as connect with some of the history again because our grandpa was there and to know that he was a prison guard um, when it was an operation and just kind of walking those same hallways and, and walking past those same cells was really a cool experience like a really cool historical connection for us personally uh, and so then when we really formalized the group we decided that what we wanted to do was aside from the Paranormal, we really wanted to highlight the history of these locations because we felt that we could offer some historical perspectives that may not be available on other forms of media. So when we go to places like a Revolutionary War fort or the St. Augustine Lighthouse, we really wanted to kind of highlight those um, facts and, and, and details that may be missed. Um, from other paranormal shows or paranormal groups that go in there. So we really delve into the history first before we do go to these locations. And we use that history that we find to really guide our paranormal investigation. So what we're going to ask the trigger items that we're going to leave, that's guided by the historical research that we do beforehand.
0: I noticed that as well, because obviously I've uh, checked out your YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff. And you go right into detail, I think that's what's really intriguing about it as well, that you get into detail about the history behind the the place that you're in, uh, about the town, and about it, and how it started, and all that sort of stuff. And it, that, that's what kind of grips people as well. As it gripped me straight away. I was like, right, I want to know what this place is all about. <laughs> so when you get that sort of back backdrop and the back history of everything, it makes a lot more compelling story what you, you're going to be telling.
1: It really does, and I I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate you watching our videos for sure, Um, because, and and you're right, what it does is we try to connect with our audience uh, and say, you know, this is what this history is about. This is what, why this location is in existence, and it's also why we need to preserve it. Uh, You know, aside from the paranormal and the creepy, there is that historical factor for what it is in American history. So whether it's a penitentiary or a a lunatic, uh, an insane asylum, or a revolution. Revolutionary War for it, you know they all have their place in American history, and those need to be protected and preserved. So if we feel if we can do that, if we can bring a little bit of exposure to these locations and help with the preservation effort that's that's our main driving factor and then going in and, and actually using the research that we that we found and that we we've we delved into again to guide our paranormal investigations so for example, when we know that there was a, a man confined to a solitary confinement cell. In uh, Fort Mifflin, you know, we we guide we use that to guide our research or our our investigation. So we'll take water, or we'll take a cigarette, or we'll take some food, because we want to connect with that entity and and know that we are are asking for questions about what happened to him. So again, yeah. the historical aspect really drives what we do.
0: Have you ever when you do your like, your research and things, have you ever like kind of unearthed some really nasty stuff, like kind of going, oh my god, I didn't expect this.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, we have, um, f- and and mostly those will occur at places like prisons or the insane asylums that I mentioned. Um, when you really start delving into why people were like the trans, for example, the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in West and West Virginia. When you start delving into the factors of why somebody would be housed there or why they would be admitted into that insane asylum, you know, it, it really starts to say, okay, this was this was horrific. Some of the, these these um, instances of being put in there for for nothing more than voicing if you're a woman voicing your opinion or Having an outburst um, against your husband, anything like that could land you in the Susan Asylum oh, wow. and you couldn't get out. I mean, so you're there for the rest of your life unless your husband wants to, to take you out. So things like that um, were really compelling during our research. Um, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, when you start delving into some of the lives of some of the prisoners that were there, you know, and what they experienced and some of the horrific things that they had to watch or endure, or in many cases, what they were exposed to, because um, some of them were killed while in prison you know you really start to delve into that and it's like yeah this is this is a pretty nasty place mm. so again that that is something that we'll use to guide our investigation when we're there that night
0: yeah because you see all these little places uh, these places have been like kind of abandoned for years but there's obviously the history behind it it's really bad it's, it's we're going back to like our would imagine, like the 1800s and the early 19th century sort of things here yeah. this sort of stuff that used to go on in these sort of places were really quite bad you know and it's <laughs> like because you see them all and it's like you, you God, my god this is crazy and it it, is, it fascinates me when you, you see what used to happen back then mm-hmm. and you wonder is there anything going to be still there and you sit and think well, well these guys didn't go have exactly the best life in the world if i was going to be in that situation i'd hang about and scare the shit out of everyone to be quite honest <laughs> with you
1: well, yeah. I mean, if you if you had that opportunity, for sure, I'd take it as well. You uh, would they, would you? <laughs> but you're right. You know, uh, you know, aside from the prisons, it's just like I said, um, Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia. You know, yes, it had it, it was it was um construction constructed during the Revolutionary War mm. and so when you walk into these locations and you say okay I'm standing on bricks that that soldiers from the Revolutionary War uh, stood on I mean that's wow. that's a very cool feeling um, and again not many people in the world can say they've spent the night in a Revolutionary War fort or the St. Augustine Lighthouse or Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary or places like that so again to be able to connect with that on a, on a very visceral level and then also being able to put that out to our audience is really what we're attempting to do to kind of um, allow the audience to be immersed in that history with us.
0: That's it yeah I mean you must what the when you go to these sort of places you've got your history sort of done and all that sort of stuff so I to really kind of get to grips of like the, the investigation that actually goes on. You, the equipment side of things because when you sit there and you, someone says I'm an, you, I keep thinking you've got like a whole van full of cameras gadgets and all that sort of stuff is that right or is it just like you can really kind of scale things down now
1: well we try to scale things down as much as as much as possible we now i'm not going to say we 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 have a lot of equipment um probably more so than some groups um and that's just because some of the places that we go to it's a once in a lifetime situation so we want to be able to cover as much as we can and and i got to say you know once you start buying night vision video cameras it becomes addictive they're like you know they're <laughs> like tattoos you get one and you need 20 so, <laughs> Proper so exactly so we do have I would say uh, a fair amount of equipment, um, but you know, again, for us, it's something that we feel that that is we'd rather have more than less. But the equipment that we have, we've really tried to scale it down in size. So, for example, you know, some teams will go in with um, you know thousands of feet of electrical wire and hang these DVR systems and these cameras up. Um, what we've tried to do is find very small um, battery-operated cameras or cameras that can run off of, of a small external battery that we can. can- Area and set up with us so while I say we have a large amount of equipment it's very small in scale so we we have probably I think eight of the uh the um industrial boxes those silver boxes that you see Um, we have eight of those and all of our equipment fits very nicely in that Um, but uh, so yeah what we do is we we go into these locations we'll do a day tour beforehand and we feel that's really that's that's very important for us because it allows us to see the environment in in the daytime and it allows us to make notes on how we're going to do the investigation that night Mm. so we'll go in and first we'll look for environmental things like street lights or air air traffic or you know dogs barking in the neighborhood or families there that, that may have kids that could be yelling or screaming or whatever and we'll make note of that so if we hear something like that on our recorders when we go back and listen we can probably rule, out, rule that out as not paranormal and uh, so then we also when we go in during the day tour we scout out locations in, in the building where we want to hang cameras or leave cameras or, or voice recorders. So when we go in that night to do the investigation, we're not wasting a lot of time yeah. saying, oh, do we want to put one here? Do we want to put one there? We know exactly where we're going to deploy and we have a game plan going in and doing that.
0: Yeah, so you're not wasting all that time that could be used elsewhere sort of thing. It's a proper plan, plan and execution. I love it. Exactly. I love that sort of stuff. So, so it must get a bit like, can I, I wouldn't say like boring because you have to keep yourself on literally on edge all the time and listening all the time because I mean it doesn't happen all like within the first 10-15 minutes when you get there does it? It's obviously a long 10-hour stint you're sitting in there. Do you not get like a bit like how do you keep yourself motivated during that?
1: Well, I'll tell you, and that, that's a, a great way to say that. We do have to keep ourselves motivated to some extent, but when you go into these locations, and again, I'll use Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary as an example, because it is a large um, facility. When you walk in and you start the investigation, time flies um, and, and during that investigation. So pretty much we're on most of the night, once we get to a location, I mean, there's some where you know one of us may have to sit down for a little bit and take a quick yeah. power nap for 15 minutes. But for for majority of us, uh, I mean, there's five of us. For for most of us, when we go to these locations, we're on most of the night. But uh, there's been some instances where you walk in immediately and you're like, okay, this is going to be a great night. And oh, really. You- have activity right away, like you hear footsteps or a door slam or something like that, and then there are others where you walk in and you're there for three, four hours, and you start to get a little dejected, like you know what what's going to happen. But I uh, I equate it to something like fishing. You know, you're never going to get more than likely you're never going to get a bite on the first cast. You've got to really be patient and wait for it. And that's what I would say if anybody was to say, you know, what is it like to be a paranormal investigator? It's somebody that has a lot of patience because you know, majority of the time you're sitting in this dark room and you're essentially talking to air and, you know, you, you know that you probably won't get something audible in the moment, but you're hoping that if something does happen, you catch it on a voice recorder or uh, one of our stationary video cameras. And that's a lot of what we find. Um, A lot of our evidence comes after the investigation when we sit down and really review the footage that we captured, captured. Yeah.
0: So you have to really kinda of, once you do the day, you go through all the 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 audio and the video and all that sort of stuff just to see if you can pick anything up.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, if we have 10 voice recorders running for 10 hours, you know, we, have, we sit down and we listen to all of that. And wow. 99% of the time, you're just listening to static. And but when something comes through a voice or a whisper comes through that, it, it really makes you sit up and say, Okay, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. So that one instance of a whisper or a phrase, or, you know, a response, a knock response or something like that. That's really why we do this.
0: I mean, what is it you, you look for? So you've got all this set up. What what is the main things you kind of look for? Is it anything? Is it footsteps? Or is it noises, video, anything, or like those? are it the little orbs that you get as well? What is it you ideal look for?
1: And mostly, when we go in, you know, it's it's it, it for us. It's it's audible most of the time because a lot of these places are dark. You know, the lights are off, or they're most of them have no power. So you mm. go in, and and your senses are your senses are really heightened at that moment, mostly the the, the, uh, the hearing. Um, so you do, you listen for the door knocks or the creaks or the something like that. Um, but then you also hear the footsteps coming through again. I'll go back to Brushy because that's the example where we got the best evidence of footsteps. Um, and if you watch our video, you know we, we tell you there's nobody in the area, but you can hear footsteps climbing up the stairs, these, these big industrial staircases. And uh, so you do listen for that. Your hearing becomes very heightened. Um, for us, I'll go back to the orb um, comment, for us, I don't place a lot of value in orbs, Um, we have caught a couple in locations that I would consider unexplainable to me, but a lot of the time we can rule that out as dust or bugs, so you have to have, for me anyway, um, I tend to lean on the fact that Orbs are not paranormal, um, and I will put forth different compelling evidence um, a- as what I would claim is paranormal, very much more so than orbs.
0: Okay, but so um, so you you're doing all this, you are getting all that. Do you, do you not really kind of feel scared when you get into these sort of places? Because you get to some really crazy places. <laughs> do you not really go in there and shit yourself when you're doing it? Uh,
1: there's been a couple times where we've been extremely startled, um, and uh, you know most of those are coming from either the insane Islands or the prisons uh, our best my best example is that is we we're in the trans allegheny lunatic asylum in western west virginia and um most of the time when we go to these places there is a volunteer or a, a security guard that's on site just for security purposes yeah so when when we went there we were the guard was actually with us on the second floor and she was explaining some of the things that happened on, on that level and um so we caught it on all of our, our, our all of our equipment so it's all of our investig all of my investigators and the the volunteer there, so the only people on this entire property were standing right there in this semicircle, right. and from down the corridor, this blood curdling scream comes just wailing down the corridor. And for us, that was you know to have that audible in the moment. Yes, this is this is what we're hearing. We all knew what it was immediately. Um, that was pretty compelling and, and, and pretty startling for sure i can um, imagine Jeez, i've got the, goosebumps
0: <laughs> when you're talking i start getting goosebumps thinking of it i'm like oh my god
1: yeah it was it was a very loud scream like i said uh, our body cameras caught it our, our voice recorders caught it um every piece of equipment that was running caught that and you know we can like i said we can rule out um you know another person we can rule out uh, mm. um, street noise and all of that because there wasn't any of that at the time. So for, like I said, we put that out as a very compelling piece of evidence. And, you know, so the scream, um, we've had multiple door slams, um, multiple footsteps, uh, you know, we've had voices in the moment um, and- uh, Voices. yeah, one example I'll, I'll give you is uh, oh, wow. from the, Gil- G- <laughs> this was at the Gilcrest County Jail in Trenton, Florida, and it was myself and another investigator, Miranda Young from Ghostbiker Explorations, and she and I were collaborating on this investigation, so it was just the two of us in this location, and again, we were doing that day tour that I spoke of, and uh, she was filming with her camera, and we were just walking down one of the hallways there, and she had panned around with her camera, and at that moment there was a male voice that says hey come back and, and she's like did you hear that i'm like uh yeah so we both heard i mean it was right behind her but it, we it was caught on the camera and you can hear it on the video and so yeah we we do capture those in the moment as well where you can hear actually a voice coming out of the darkness
0: God oh I don't know how to take that I don't know how to take that I would be out of there I'd be like hey come back nope I am out <laughs> see you later yeah
1: and, and there's also you know we were at uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary and uh, again we were just fortunate enough to have Miranda come with us and her camera guy Josh so yeah. it was it was the four there were four of us four soul sisters and then Josh and Miranda and so we were walking down this corridor and there was a large slap a very loud slap on the wall beside Josh's head I mean you can hear it like a like somebody taking. Hand and going wham against the brick wall. So we all stopped and Josh was like, Did you hear that? And we're like, Yes. And then the audio recorder picked up, I warned you from another voice, a disembodied voice. And uh, so that was that was a pretty compelling piece of evidence that we captured that night.
0: Uh, just a little bit. Holy crap. <laughs> Christ. Does it not does it not all these sort of things, Do you not feel as if like when you walk into these sort of places, you go, I don't want to go in because I know something bad's gonna happen. Are you have that sort of feeling before.
1: You know, we we have had instances where we will walk in and we feel what I would consider dark energy. Um, now, we've never really experienced anything negative, what I would call negative or demonic. And I think the reason, be, the reason that happens for us is because we don't go in looking for it. Um, we go in with a very legitimate mindset of actually telling the story of any entities that want to speak with us. So we don't go in with a lot of bravado. We don't go in with a lot of chest thumping or provoking and saying, hey, come. And come and hit me or knock me to the ground if, if you're a demon or whatever. We don't look for that stuff. So I think the reason we don't look for it is the reason we don't find it. And but when we do go into some of these places again, most of the time it's going to be prisons or the insane asylums yeah. you do feel something that is what I would consider darker. And there's been some instances where we'll just we'll we'll say, okay, I don't feel right in this room, so I'm going to go ahead and step back out. And you know, if you want to come with us, that's fine. But otherwise, you're you're welcome to stay in this room. We're going to step out and not bother you. And so we have had instances of that, um, and and just rooms where you just kind of want to say, I ju- I just don't feel right here. I don't I don't want to go in and and mess with whatever's in here. Um, we're going to step out and look for something else more compelling. And so we like I said, we do have those instances instances and uh, but you know for me it just feels like I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and leave that alone let it do whatever it wants to do uh, but I'm going to go find entities that are willing to talk to us and tell us their story.
0: Oh, that's better. Have you ever had anything bad happen to you in an investigation?
1: uh not so much like I would say bad um we have been touched um oh, uh, really? my younger shit. sister yeah my younger sister Michelle gets it a lot she's the one that has the longest hair of us in the group right and so you know we'll be standing there and we were at West Virginia State Penitentiary and um we had a video camera running and you can see her hair just lift up and then fall back down and she said I think something's touching me so that was kind of interesting um we get uh Poked sometimes, like tapped. um, You know, the pant legs gets pulled a lot. uh, But we ask for those things, and so when we go into these locations, um, we'll 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 kind of set the ground rules with whatever's in the whatever's in the space, and say, you know, you're not allowed to touch us. You're not allowed to come home with us. You're not allowed to hurt us in any way unless we ask. So when we walk into a room and say, okay touch my pant leg or pull my pant leg or, or touch me or pull my hair, you know, that's, that's, I'm inviting it to do that, to let us know that it's there. So we have had instances of that, you know, I've had my shirt tugged. Um, You know, we've had uh, things that, that have been moved. Um, We've had some balls that have been rolled on command. Um, We've had some balloons. We use some night vision or um, um, some glow in the dark balloons. And we've had those move on command, which is kind of interesting. Um, probably one of the coolest things that I've seen other than Audible, what the thing that I've seen, we were at Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary again, and we were in the gymnasium. And one of the pieces of equipment that we have is called a REM pod and it has two red lights on it. And basically what it does is it measures electromagnetic energy in, in its immediate field, up to about three feet around it. And so the idea is that if anything with electromagnetic energy is to approach it, it would alarm and the lights would change. So we had that set up, we had a glow-in-the-dark balloon set up and a couple other pieces of equipment that had very small ambient lights. And so we we're all in a semicircle. There were six of us. They were all we were in a semicircle. And the equipment was in the middle of the gym. And so we're just standing there doing what we call an EVP session. And I noticed that the that something passed in front of the REM pod. So between me and the REM pod, something passed and it, it blocked out the light. And I said, did, you, did anybody else see that? Well, Miranda happened to be having. uh, She was holding what was called an SLS camera, and what that does, it's um, it's for general terms, it's an iPod connected to a camera that's been modified. So when you sweep it around a room, it shows anything that it perceives as human as a stick figure on the screen. So if I have
0: seen them before, yeah,
1: yeah. So so if I were to point it at you, you would show up as a stick figure on the screen. So the idea is, if you sweep it around an empty room, it theoretically should not have any stick figures on this screen so she was holding it and at the moment I saw the shadow figure she got an alert on the SLS camera it's called mapping so she mapped something on that SLS camera so this is all in a sequence of the video Um, so I say did y'all see that Miranda's like I just mapped something and so we all were intently watching this um, the REM pod light and again, you see the shadow figure walk in front of the lights. And so we caught oh. that on film. So that to me is one of the very the most compelling evidence, pieces of evidence that we've captured of a shadow figure in a location. Wow,
0: that must have freak. That, that, it must be really uh, kind scary at the same time, but don't get me wrong, it must be incredibly, but it must be incredibly like kind um, awesome to <laughs> sit there and go, I've just seen this, we've just registered, us being here, even if it's just that instance, For the whole night, it was made (laughs) it worth it, sort of thing.
1: You're absolutely right. And I mean, for me, I mean, on our video, I say, oh shit. I'm like, holy shit, they're, they're that win again. And to be able to capture it, like I said on video, is a very cool experience. Um, so that is a very good example of a shadow figure. We've actually had um, two other instances at two other investigations where we go in and we set up laser grids. And so we'll have a, 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 um, a night vision video camera and right in front of it will be a laser grid that projects laser beams across the room. So the idea being that if even if we're not there, um, while it's running stationary if something were to walk in front of the beams it will cut the it beams catches. and we'll be able to perceive it as a shadow or see it as a shadow and so that happened at Fort Mifflin and as well as old Gilcrest County Jail um, both of those cameras on, on both of the nights of the investigation you'll see a shadow figure walk through the beams of the laser and cut the laser and uh, so it, it's, a, it's a very cool experience to be able to capture that.
0: Bet it is wow that must be so <laughs> it's freaky but great i love it that it is, is it great. is
1: it's very freaky it, it is and i'm you know that like i said there are instances where you go in and you know it's two o'clock in the morning and it's it's darker than dark and you hear a scream or you hear a door slam and it, it's definitely an oh shit moment for sure
0: definitely definitely so you I mean you've been to a, a lot of places around about the us and all that sort of stuff what why do you go to these sort of places? Do you do, is it from like referrals from other people or is it just research you do yourself saying this is how has been renowned for being a, like kind of haunted or activity there, I want to go there. Is that how you really, how do you go to the, what? What decides the place you go to sort of thing?
1: Well, we definitely do our research and decide you know which locations are uh, are considered haunted or reported to be haunted and you know we go to some of what I would call the commercial places to really build our portfolio so for the brushy Mountains or the Velisca Axe murder house or the Lizzie Borden house, you know we go to these locations to again tell that history and see if we can capture. Um, paranormal activity that is is, that is has been reported there Um, and we use different techniques that's the chance that we have to try different techniques try different trigger items do different things um, and really try to 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 really enhance our style by going to those locations and then we take what we learned from there and we use that when we get called into residential or business locations so if somebody calls us up and says hey I think my house is haunted you know we can we can rely on what we've learned at these larger locations Um, but yeah to go into some place like Lizzie borden house or the Velisca axe murder house or you know uh weston and, and, and Tala, and the saint augustine lighthouse and all of that it really is for the experience and is also to um validate what others are saying if, if we can validate what others are saying with regards to the paranormal activity
0: wow is it is it any place you'd actually not go to
1: um i don't think so i don't yeah. I, I don't Everything's think so. a Yeah, everything's fair game, you know. Uh, After going to some of these locations that we've gone to, um, nothing really surprises me, but they're all different. You know, um, you you have to approach these in a different mindset. So when you go to someplace like the Lizzie Borden house, your investigation style is much different than when you go to a large um, maximum security prison. So those are the things that we really enjoy is to how to scale those investigations to fit the location and to come up with different techniques and to come up with different ideas on, you know, how to set up equipment or, again, trigger items. We're very big on that um, in order to get these entities to interact with us. Because I feel that, you know, when when we go to these locations, again, our mindset is to tell the history and then really connect with any entity that is there in order to tell their story. Because, you know, just like in a human we want to be recognized. That's one of the, the tenets of being human, right? We, we yeah. want to be able to say, somebody sees me, somebody acknowledges me. I'm not walking through life alone. And I feel that's the same with spirits. You know, they, they want to tell their story. They want to be acknowledged. And so when we go to these locations, we're very um, aware of that fact and we try to to present um, trigger items or present questions that let them know that we hey we are trying to communicate with you um, on a one on one level to get your story.
0: That's a really good way of, uh, kind of putting it. To be honest, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, so, thanks. you know, you always get like you see them all over the TVs and all that sort of stuff these kind of ghost hunters and I don't know if we had something over the UK called most haunted I think it was called mm-hmm. and they took rounds um obviously it wasn't more scientific but they took round psychics as well with them is that something that you guys would potentially do or have interest in or is it more is it more a scientific base because I don't think these guys could be reliable as much as they should be mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I I do think that everybody has their place in paranormal investigations, um, mediums. You know, that's that's what they have, that's what they do, that's the the ability that they want to use, and that's fine. For us on Soul Sisters, we don't have what I would consider a psychic. Um, my sister and I are twins, so we do have a like I would consider it a twin connection, which is a little bit different than most other people or most siblings. Um, so we do rely on that a little bit. Um, you know, she can sense a couple of things, and I can sense things, and but I wouldn't call us mediums. What we do is like you said we go in with a more scientific approach um, all of us on the team do have advanced degrees i have a phd my, my twin has a phd we have two jurist doctorates on the team and one holds a master's degree so science is is our background you know that's what we've that's what we've done throughout our entire career so to be able to use that and, and go in with a little bit different mindset than i would say some other paranormal investigators and and really try to bring that elevated if you will um, to bring a sense of Professionalism to bring a sense of scientific research into that, I think that's what we're really trying to do. Um, you know, not again, not to disparage any teams, other teams that may be out there, but for us, we look at this as a profession. Um, you know, we're already in what's considered a subculture. Uh, and, and so to be able to bring that to um, normal society, what I would call normal society is kind of our goal. Uh, because when you tell somebody that you're a paranormal investigator, you either get looked at like you have five heads, <laughs> or somebody wants to tell you their ghost story. You know they feel safe now oh, to yeah, tell you their ghost, yeah. to tell you their ghost story, and and so we really want to kind of bring to the forefront. Listen, you know I'm I'm not trying to convince you that there's paranormal activity out there. I'm not trying to convince you um, that that I'm right or that what I am what I am seeing and what I'm what I'm feeling and what I'm doing is the end all be all because yeah. paranormal investigations it's not an exact science and none of us can say that we are experts in this because there are no experts in the paranormal community. Um, We have those that have experience, Um, you know, people have been in it for 20, 30 years, you know, they had the experience and have experiences that, that I can't explain, but none of us can say that we're experts because none of us have the correct answer. So, you know, like I said, when we go into this, it's more about trying to elevate it some to where, you know, we're, we're, trying to bring this more into the mainstream and out of that that subculture if you will
0: how how do you get perceived that when you say you want to put it through to the mainstream sort of thing have you have you had much kind of well, i wouldn't say backlash but more skepticism coming across to you uh, as if to say like oh what you're doing is rubbish and all that sort of stuff do you get that quite a bit
1: <laughs> we do have some skeptics and we do have some cynics that watch and say well i don't believe that and, t- and my answer to that is fine uh, you know I, again i'm not trying to convince you um, there are thousands and thousands of other paranormal investigators out there and if if you want to change the channel and watch them and and like their style better that's fine and i encourage you to do that um what i'm putting forth in in our videos is i'm telling you that at this moment in this time at this investigation these are the things that i can't explain i controlled for everything else that i could and you know when i capture a child's voice on a voice recorder or a man's voice on the voice recorder and i know that there's no child or no male Anywhere on that property, <clears throat> that's something that I cannot explain, and I'm putting forward that as an unexplainable occurrence. If somebody wants to come and, and and you know have a dialogue with me about what it could be, I absolutely welcome that because I would love to find that answer as well. And so for us, you know, I, I take the skepticism and I take the cynicism and I say, okay, that's fine. Um, I, I'm not trying to convince you. It's like trying to convince somebody that my religion is correct. I'm not going to do it. Exactly. Um, so it's it's the same thing here in my mind. Um, you know, if you want to watch us, if you want Want to follow us? Fantastic, um, but if not, I'm, I can't force you to do that.
0: That's closed mindedness That's what I say. Non-believers, <laughs> open your mind, guys. Come on.
1: <laughs> well, you know, again, it's just like I said. It's one of those things where if, if I have a camera trained on a on a ball, and I know that there's nothing acting upon it, and that ball starts to move. You know, again, right, I'm putting that forward as something. I I can't explain that. I can't. Exactly.
0: That's uh, And that must be, oh, it's freaky. It's freaky. What's, <laughs> I, I, just, I just love it. I mean, I like all mm-hmm. that sort of kind of paranormal stuff. I've been really interested in it since I was a kid, really, to be honest. You know, it's just, the thing is, is when you, it's, a lot. I think a lot of people's perceptions is more Hollywood-esque now. Because obviously the things that are on TV and you know, the, the things that I can imagine you get people come up to you going, oh, have you seen any demons? Have the devil talked to you and all that sort of stuff? You know, they've watched uh, this horror film the night before or like paranormal activity.
1: <laughs> yes, we, we, we do get that. And, you know, I I think Hollywood obviously has its place. You know, they're, it, it has done a service to the paranormal community, but also a disservice. Yeah. Um, The service is that it has... You know, kind of brought the paranormal um, uh, uh, conversation into the forefront. Again, everybody has a ghost story, or, or they they think they have a ghost story, or their grandma has a ghost story. So it does bring it to the forefront, and it allows people to talk about it more freely. But on the flip side, it 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 the perception of a paranormal investigation is, you know, you go in for a half an hour, you investigate, you ask some questions, and then 15 minutes is evidence review, and then 15 minutes is is the the reveal, and then boom, you have your investigation done and wrapped in a neat package in an hour, and that's not how it happens. I mean, for us, like I said, we go in, it's a two day process for us. We are investigating for 10, 12, 15 hours. And then we go back and we review everything, all the footage that we captured. So that takes about two months. And then we have to put the video together and 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 put all of that together and do the marketing and all of that for it. So it's about a two month process between wow. before, you know, between the investigation and actually getting okay. one of our videos out. So Hollywood has its has its purpose um but that it also you know it kind of does a disservice same thing with social media you know same thing um with with Twitter and Facebook it's just it it allows us that platform to put out our evidence and put out our videos but on the flip side it does open you up to a lot of that that criticism and that skepticism like we spoke about
0: as men so I didn't realize it took so long for Mm -hmm. obviously to go through it I can imagine going through all the uh, well, if you've got 10 hours of footage and you've got like five or six cameras that's going to take a long time and then you have to edit it and then find something and it's just mm-hmm. like oh my god
1: so yeah really and, and we, yeah effort. We, and because we all have full time jobs, you know, this isn't, this isn't a, a, a career for us. So, you know, we have to do this on the nights on the weekends. Um, and, and really, when we have time to do it. So I've actually I'm, I'm working on my next video now. And I've I've still got four investigations that we've already done that I've got to, to get all of that footage looked at and reviewed. And, and we have to do that really in our spare time, because this is, you know, what we do is self funded. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it does take a lot of time, but it's something that we love. Absolutely oh, course, love it. Yeah,
0: what's the next one you're doing? What's was that one?
1: Uh, the next video that I'm doing is the Lizzie Borden house. Um, oh. That that was that was the scene of the the murders there in uh, in 1892 in Massachusetts. So I'm, I'm putting that video together. So that one will be released hopefully in the next two weeks. And uh, then we have uh, we investigated a funeral home. We investigated another prison. Um, so we have uh, that. All the all
0: weeks. the nice places. All the, <laughs> the nice places to go to. <laughs>
1: Yes, absolutely. But, you know, like I said, for us, it's just you get in there and you really, because once you know the history behind it, you know, when you get into these places and you see, okay, that's the cell where such and such happened, and that's the cell or, or this is the room where so and so was murdered, or, you know, this is this is the doorknob that Lizzie Borden touched. And, and so when you really, you have that very tactile uh, connection with history. um, It's just something that you really can't put a price tag on for us.
0: Ah. So the research that you make, it, it takes so much long. What, what do you do with the research sort of thing? Do you just uh, put it online for everyone to see or do you send off maybe something really awesome happened sort of thing? You've seen something, do you, do you send off to get verified and get some like an expert to look at it or anything like that?
1: No, not, uh, for us, what we do is, <clears throat> so when we're going through our review process, um, say I come across something that I hear on the voice recorder, I'll clip that that uh, instance, and I'll send it to everybody else on the team. I won't, I won't say what I'm hearing or anything like that. I'll just clip it and label it um, EVP1 or EVP2 or whatever. And so then I send that to the rest of the group, and I say, what do you all hear in this clip? And <clears throat> excuse me, if we all hear something similar, Or, um, you know, if we're all hearing the same thing, then I say, okay, that's compelling. You know, we all hear that, that, that's kind of my makeup of the general audience. So I'm going to go ahead and use that in the video. If we have to have a dialogue and a discussion, well, I think that could be this, or it could be this doorknob or something like that, excuse me then we won't include that in the video. But for us, like I said, we're very meticulous about trying to figure out timestamps of where we're at. So during the investigation, we all have body cameras on. Um, We all, again, those stationary uh, video cameras are up. So if we capture something on the voice recorder, I'll cue it up to the time And we'll go back and say, okay, you were in this corridor, or you were on this level, or what, and then we can rule out that it was one of us. Um, So the, the evidence that we've captured so far, again, has been, and that we put out there for release, is something that we absolutely have no explanation for.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Should I have anyone I talk I don't want to keep going and talk about the skeptics and stuff. No, 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 no. no. Screw the skeptics. But you <laughs> you, get, you get you get a lot of people like comment on the videos giving you kind of bad feedback saying oh it's this you guys what you're doing sort of thing.
1: Um we we've had we do have a couple um but uh for me and I'll just I'll just say it on my YouTube videos I have the comments turned off. And again, I do that for a very specific reason because I I I I want to put out there Again, the compelling evidence that we captured, and it 's not a forum in my mind for people to go back and forth and yell and get you know heated about one subject or another um, that 's not what my, I want my videos to be about. If yeah. you watch them and you have your opinion and, and you know that that 's fine. you can visit us on our Facebook page or something like that but you know um, but in in the you know when we 're talking to people about these videos and they watch them, the feedback that we have gotten so far has been. Um, overwhelmingly positive. Oh, wow. um, a lot of it has been about the history. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that, or that was a cool fact. I like the way you weave that yeah. in. Um, and and I, I I hope what I do in my videos is is I'm able to lay out. Okay, this is who was here. This is what we did. This is what we captured. And so it 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 really lays out in a nice time frame and 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 way, if you will, of of explaining why I think this is compelling and why I think this is paranormal. Um, Uh So for example, at the Exchange Hotel, which is in Gordonsville, Virginia, it was a hotel that um, was on a railroad stop, but during the Civil War, it became a Civil War hospital. And there's over 700 confirmed deaths uh, that happened while it was a hospital. So um, when we went into that location, again, there was only five of us, or five female investigators, um, we put a stationary voice recorder on one of the beds because the hotel is set up now as a museum. So half of the flo- half of the rooms are set up like a hospital, like it would in the Civil War, and then half of them are set up like it would have been a hotel. Okay. So we had there was a bed in the room, and we put a voice recorder on the bed. And there was two investigators in the house; the other three were outside at the time. But we capture a male voice saying, "I don't know. I'll be back at 4:30." So that to me is very compelling, again, because there there are no males. I mean, I can't stress that enough. There there are no male figures anywhere on this property. And then about two hours later, we capture a a child's voice saying, hi, this is my bed. I mean, it's extremely clear. It's extremely audible. And again, so for me, I put that out as something that I absolutely cannot explain. And I that's what imagine, I'm hoping yeah. that
0: I'm showcasing in the videos. Well, that's the best thing about it. watch well, your video? That's why I really enjoy them because you obviously give the history behind it. We give the reason behind it as well. I mean, that, I think that's what people are, it adds to people's um, experience of watching them because you see a lot of other investigators, they just stick up the video and go, oh, five minute video, we just found this. But you don't find the, the, the context behind it, the background of it and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's what the, the videos that you're producing is actually a lot more, adds a lot more value to the actual whole process.
1: Well, thank you. And I appreciate you saying that because that is exactly what I want to do. Because without the context, you know, the, yeah. wh- why do you think you're getting these? Why do you think these mm. these voices are coming through the air? Why do you think you're capturing these shadow figures? <clears throat> and, you know, another thing that we really try to do is yes, we have our voice recorders, yes, we have our stationary cameras, our night vision cameras, but we also have other pieces of equipment. And we never rely on one piece of equipment. We always try to validate through the use of the other pieces of equipment. And we've been very fortunate enough that, that we do that uh, on most of our investigations. Um, if there's paranormal activity, what we perceive as paranormal activity occurring in those locations, we don't just get it on the audio recorder. You know, we get it on the REM pod, we get it on that SLS camera, we get it on you know what we call the ovelus or uh, you know the K2 meters. So uh, all of that, when you look at it holistically and say, okay, there's no power in this location, yet you've got these things that are are designed to register power. They're going off, you're catching audio voices or um, uh, voices that you can't explain, you're capturing shadow figures that you can't explain. When you put that all together in a narrative, to me, it becomes extremely compelling.
0: Yeah, and also I would probably imagine if you get it like that, it adds more valid, or validates your research more. Oh, absolutely. Your investigation more because you've got multiple options that you've obviously picked up the same sort of thing and just having one sort of um, um, option there, like a voice that's just Mm -hmm. been picked up an audio recording. But you've also got, as you said, the the mapping has been found. So you're like, this isn't just someone speaking into it from one of us. Look at all this other evidence that compiles it as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because you have those investigators that will, you know, they'll showcase some things like they'll walk in and say, oh my gosh, it's feeling so cold. I feel Mm. so cold here. Well, obviously that doesn't translate very well into video. But if you have a thermometer there and say, and you can actually see the temperature dropping, 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 um, that again is very compelling. One of the videos that I'll be doing in the future soon um, was an investigation that we did uh, three weeks ago at an abandoned hotel. And we, you can see um, the way I filmed this scene or not a scene, but the way I filmed this EVP session was you have um, Miranda holding the SLS camera and right behind it, you have a thermometer, um, a, a digital thermometer. So you can see on the SLS camera, you can see the stick figure and we ask it to lower the temperature so that you can see the stick figure essentially put what you would perceive as a hand on this thermometer and it goes down. It starts to tick down. Um, So for me, that's extremely compelling because you have two pieces of equipment that are being manipulated by something that you can't see and they're both doing exactly what they're supposed to do, um, but no physical person is there manipulating them. Um, So to me, that is extremely compelling.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, wow. So what's, 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 what's the future? Are you get any good places going up to this year? I mean, I understand it's not really been up to much because of the quarantine and being restricted and stuff. That must have been a massive bummer. Have you got anything going up to this year?
1: yeah it, it was we had several um, things that were canceled because of that but uh, like I said we did have the opportunity to investigate the hotel a couple of weeks ago um, we'll be going out to uh, New Mexico uh, in October we'll be uh, investigating a court uh, a, a courthouse and a jail out there and we'll also be speaking at a paracon um, we've got a couple of symposiums that we'll be speaking at as well kind of oh, wow. you know kind of getting our message out um, yeah one one actually was canceled which was kind of a bummer but uh, uh, we'll be speaking at the university of Arkansas at their uh, symposium here in the next couple of months and so we're really trying to get some some different exposure uh, with regard to what we do again trying to to elevate it a little bit out of that subculture into the mainstream yeah yeah. so just really just getting those our videos out is what I'm really trying to push for right now Um, like I said I do have a backlog of about four investigations that we're trying to catch up on So doing that, um, again, speaking at some of these paracon, uh, paracon, some of these symposiums, and then, uh, we have at least three investigations that are coming up before the end of the year.
0: Wow. So busy then, I take it. (laughs) (laughs) Who who would have thought all this ghost hunting would actually keep you on your toes like this?
1: It it really is. It really is. You know, we, we do have a lot of questions about what's coming up in the future, uh, you know, as you mentioned, but, uh, you know, and, and for us, like I said, it's, it's really about highlighting that history, highlighting that, that, that paranormal activity that we can um, you know if something comes along uh, like a television show or something like that we're definitely willing to to entertain that opportunity um, you know we've been approached by a couple of producers unfortunately okay. they've they've asked us to to kind of change our model and do some things that um, we really didn't agree with so we did turn down those opportunities but you know we're we're, we're always open to to doing something different doing something unique um, really kind of showcasing what we do um, as long as it, as we can stay true to what our our model yeah. and our style is and and our belief system that's really really what we're after and the
0: good thing about it is um the the, the bonus of obviously the what you're doing they're not going to go anywhere you know what i mean <laughs> even if it doesn't happen this year they'll still be there next year you know?
1: exactly exactly and you know that's what's so unique about what we do um you know you can go to the Brushy mountain state penitentiary tonight and i 'll go tomorrow night and you 'll capture evidence and i 'll capture evidence but you 'll never capture we'll never capture the same evidence exactly. um, you know you may capture footsteps but your footsteps are on your night and mine are on my night and it's and when you look at it holistically like that it it's 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 confusing to me why paranormal investigators really um, have drama or conflict between e- e- these teams because it's not like I said before it's not something that we can prove with 100% certainty none yeah. of us will ever know what is causing paranormal until we actually pass on and go to the next realm um, so to, to have any infighting or have any drama between teams to me is just silly because it's it's something that we're never going to prove with any concrete certainty so I, I welcome the opportunity for other investigators to put their uh, their evidence out there and put their style out there and you know that's what I'm doing as well so we can compare notes and and kind of learn from each other and how we do things um but uh for me it's just like you know why why are we why are we you know having this strife when it's going to be completely different you know Ryan's going to get different stuff I'm going to get different stuff and you know we'll we'll all be happy with what we capture so um you know for me I think just being able to put out something unique like that is is really a bonus in this community.
0: Have you had much beef from other investigators out there? Uh,
1: Not for us personally. Um, You know, we, we kind of are those that uh, if we really don't immerse ourselves in drama like that, it's, it's not something that we look for or, or Mm. or go into. Um, You know, we've had, had, you know, you kind of put your ear to the ground when you're in a, a community like this. And, and most of the, people that are involved in the paranormal community are in it for the right what I consider the right reasons you know they're they're in it to to showcase that history they're in it to showcase the paranormal activity that is behind that history Um, there are some that that really try to grandstand that you know their their tagline is you know stir shit up or stir up the dead and that that's really not what we're about it it's not it's not one of those things that we want to really go and sensationalize because I don't think that's the right intention Um, uh, But, uh, you know, for us, the the paranormal investigators that we've had the opportunity to meet or collaborate with have just been amazing. And and I think that's a very cool thing. Um, You know, like I said, we've done several collaborations with Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Explorations just because we love her style and we love the way she investigates, you know, some um, Steel City Paranormal. Um, They're another group of females that we really follow and get behind, Jake Fife, you know, um, Michael Oshiana, all of these people are are people that um, really immerse themselves, again, in that historical aspect, as well as the the um, the, the paranormal behind it, and so yeah. following people like that and, and following those people in the paranormal community is really what we're looking to do.
0: Yeah, because you're all doing the same thing at the end of the day. You're all trying to add, uh, get it out there, get as much evidence as possible. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it'd be stupid for everyone to have beef with each other when the the, the main goal is exactly the same as everyone else
1: exactly exactly and you know you do like i said you do have those people that will go out there and showboat some of those are are unfortunately the ones that are getting the 200,000 hits on youtube and and um you know and that's fine if that's the style you want if that's the the image you want to portray again i am not going to disparage anybody who's out there doing what they want to do and how they want to do it um but for us it's it, it it's more of a professional line for us. You know, there's there's some things that we're just not willing to do, um, you know, fabricate evidence or or have experiences or show experiences that we're not really having, Um, you know, none of us have ever run out of a building screaming. Um, you know, we feel that we're going in there to look for spirits and, and paranormal activity. And when we find it, why would we go out screaming from that? Um, so that, that's not really what we do. That's not really the style that we want to portray. And, uh, you know, I think we're getting some very positive feedback because of that. But, uh, you know, if, if others in the community, if that's their style, if that's how they want to operate, that, that's fine. You know, it's, again, you, everybody has the prerogative to change the channel
0: of course definitely get a bit more credibility as well people will mm-hmm. take you more seriously than being all hollywood-esque and doing all that sort of <laughs> stuff Christ.
1: yeah and that's what we try to do absolutely yeah,
0: exactly exactly well christy it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today to be quite honest with you um it's, it's been fascinating absolutely fascinating to get a little bit more in in-depth knowledge from something like that because i think it's absolutely amazing and I could, oh. literally, I could literally sit in here and chat to you for about two hours of this and pick your brains about it. <laughs> so, <right.
1: laughs> well, I, I do appreciate you, Ryan, having us on and, and your support for us. It's Definitely. It really does mean a lot. So, um, you know, next time we can get over into your neck of the woods, we'd love to meet up with you and take you on an investigation with us.
0: Oh, Christ, yeah. Oh, what, in the UK? There's loads. There's loads over here. But um, I'm not sure. I'd have to get. I'd have to have a few uh, a few whiskies down my neck, with a bit of Dutch curries to get myself out there. You say that's, that you, that's fine. Whatever, you say whatever,
1: that, whatever you need.
0: Whatever you say that nobody's been screaming in your investigations, I'll be the first. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
1: Hey, that's absolutely fine. But uh, no, it'd be great to meet you in person at some point and, and and get you on an investigation for sure.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. So let's check, What's the the name of your YouTube channel, Christy?
1: Uh, the name of the group is Soul Sisters Paranormal. Our yep. website is www.soulsistersparanormal.com. Um, YouTube, our channel is under Soul Sisters Paranormal, and uh, Facebook under Soul Sisters Paranormal.
0: Brilliant. I'll put all the links in the description of it as well. So guys, check it out, it's fascinating stuff.
1: <laughs> Thanks, but Ryan.
0: Don't watch it at nighttime, because you might have sleepless nights. <laughs> Christy, thank you again. It's been an absolute pleasure for you.
1: Thanks, Ryan, have a great day.
0: Thank you.